Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, The Book of Philemon, Part 4. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all of our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. With the recent purchase of Twitter, new plans for its direction and purpose seem to be to make it competition for Facebook, or something else. At last mention, they are also charging for security. With that present thinking, and with the many companies that have already left Twitter, and as a result of the fluid changes by Twitter's new ownership, we also will be leaving Twitter. After this episode of this study series, we will leave November 18th, the Friday before we post our next episode. We apologize for any issues this creates. We are actively looking for another platform. We know of many, but none are chosen at present. I will update you as this situation changes. Thank you for your patience. We have also purchased a web domain and have an active website there now. The blank template needs editing before we take it live. It is compatible with both computers and all mobile devices of any screen size. We plan on going live with our new website on January 1st of 2023. God bless you all. Last week, we continued our new series in Philemon titled The Book of Philemon, Part 3, posted on November 6th. In our last episode, Onesimus is now part of what Paul and Timothy are addressing. Verse 14 told us, However, without your consent I did not want to do anything, so that your good deed would not be out of compulsion, but from your own willingness. Notice this phrase, Without your consent I did not want to do anything. Notice the reasoning for this thinking, so that your good deed would not be out of compulsion, but from your own willingness. This is an interesting approach to solving many people problems, whether in the church or not, today. We should note further that the sufferings of Christ's ministers in the cause of God should by no means lessen and diminish, but rather augment and increase that reverence, regard, and respect which is deservedly due and payable. We further found that God will, at the reckoning day, account and treat such as spiritual fathers who have been faithful, though unsuccessful, in the work of Christ because they have cast forth the prolific seed of the gospel. That raises this question. Do we need to be successful? Clearly, the answer to that question is a provisional no. 
Not that we should simply state the gospel with a whatever attitude, but we should not regard success as our sole motivator. We should know in our hearts that sincerely casting out the seed of the gospel daily is our charge, not forcing others to. To find out more, listen to our previous episode titled The Book of Philemon, Part 3. Welcome to our last study in this series in the Book of Philemon. Next week, we will review this valuable study series to glean everything we can from this little, if ever, studied book in the Bible. Scripture reads, For perhaps it was for this reason that he was separated from you for a little while, so that you would have him back eternally, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, as a dear brother. He is especially so to me, and even more so to you now, both humanly speaking and in the Lord. Therefore, if you regard me as a partner, accept him as you would me. Now, if he has defrauded you of anything or owes you anything, charge what he owes to me. I, Paul, have written this letter with my own hand. I will repay it. I could also mention that you owe me your very self. Yes, brother, let me have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ, since I was confident that you would obey. I wrote to you because I knew that you would do even more than what I am asking you to do. At the same time also, prepare a place for me to stay, for I hope that through your prayers I will be given back to you. From Philemon verses 15 through 22. Of first note, the last three verses of Philemon is the ending salutation. That means verse 22 is where our study concludes in the book of Philemon. I should note that in our last episode, the idea of slavery came out of our study. Notice what is written in verse 16. For the complete thought, I will read the full sentence starting in verse 15. For perhaps it was for this reason that he was separated from you for a little while, so that you would have him back eternally. Comma. Now, notice, verse 16 starts here to complete the sentence, and notice what it says. No longer as a slave, but more than a slave, as a dear brother. He is especially so to me, and even more so to you now, both humanly speaking and in the Lord. Simply put today, when we are unsaved in Christ, we are best described as a slave to sin. Not all sinful behaviors because there is good in many people, but many sins rule how we act and think. They also rule how we speak to others at times also. 
simply. This is how the word slave is being used here in Scripture. It is not relevant to human slavery, as this is not the subject matter when the word slave is used here in Philemon. Further, here our apostle answers an objection which possibly Philemon might make. Thus, quote, Onesimus ran away from me. What reason have I to receive him again? End quote. The apostle seems thus to rely upon it. If his departing from you was so managed by the wise and merciful providence of God that it might be an occasion for you to receive him again forever, then, for all his departure, you ought to receive him. But truly, thus it is. The wisdom of God has thus overruled the matter. He went from you a fugitive, thievish, and prolonging, but he returns a convert, a Christian, a brother in the faith, and as such to be entertained by you, being doubly related to you, both as a servant and as a fellow member of Christ. Observe here, 1. The large extent, and next the overruling power, of the divine providence. Its extent, it reaches not only to kingdoms and nations, but to families and persons, even to poor bond slaves. A fugitive runs not from his service, but the providence of God's eyes, and observes it, wisely and mercifully overrules it. Oh, the depth of divine knowledge and wisdom! The providence of God concerns itself and has a hand in those actions of men which are sinful without any blemish to his holiness. He concurs to the act but not to the galaxy and disorder of the action. Observe, too, the privilege of our spiritual conjunction in Christ above any other civil conjunction being effected by the bond of the Spirit, is indissolvable. It is forever. Death itself cannot dissolve it. Yes, it knits the knot faster. He departed for a season that you should receive him forever. Observe 3. That although Christianity does not take away the degree of persons, and the civil differences between man and man, yet it makes us all equal and fellow brethren in Christ. Receive him now, not barely as a servant, but above a servant, as a brother in Christ. You and he are now brethren by grace. Learn hence that religious servants are more than ordinary servants. They are brethren in Christ, and when humility, fidelity, and prudence are found with them, as they are more than ordinary servants, so God expects that we should give them more than ordinary respect, and we sin in denying it. O servants, would you have high respect showed to you? Become 
then first humble servants to Jesus Christ, and then faithful and prudent servants where God has placed you, and you shall never want respect either from God or men. For them that honor God, he will honor. From Expository Notes with Practical Observations on the New Testament by William Burkett. First, we need to note something. The word galaxy means more than the vast stars and planets in the night sky. In the usage by Burkett, it means a splendid assemblage, especially of famous people, grouped together or considered as a whole. From the Free Dictionary by Farlex. This is the meaning that is meant by the usage of the word galaxy. It's about the splendid assemblage of the saints. God's people are not necessarily famous, but they are considered as a whole in number. Notice that salvation is not the issue here, since Onesimus was not saved in Christ when he ran off. Much like the son that wanted his inheritance, so he too ran off. However, both men see their need for Christ only after they run away. That's where the one connection in these two dissimilar stories is. Are some of you running like Onesimus? Or the son that wanted his inheritance before he deserved it? Verse 17 of Philemon is our next verse of study, but for the full thought, I will read it in context with verses 15 and 16. Verses 15 through 17 read, For perhaps it was for this reason that he was separated from you for a little while, so that you would have him back eternally, no longer as a slave, but more than a slave, as a dear brother. He is especially so to me, and even more so to you now, both humanly speaking and in the Lord. Now, verse 17 makes our next point. Therefore, if you regard me as a partner, accept him as you would me. Observe hence. 1. Another argument wherewith St. Paul does press Philemon to receive Onesimus, and it is drawn from the partnership and communion with him in the faith, if we are partners and have communion and fellowship one with another as Christians, comply with my desires herein. Learn hence that there is a communion, a fellowship, a partnership between saints that should make saints respect one another. If you count me a partner, receive him, yes, receive him as myself, a very high expression, still discovering that affectionate tenderness which St. Paul bears to this new convert. Observe, too, another objection answered. Philemon might say, How can I receive him that has wronged me, robbed me, and run away from me? Sure, it is enough to pardon him. Must I receive him too? 
our apostle implicitly grants that there was a debt due from Onesimus to Philemon. If he had wronged, that is granting that he has done it. Where note, religion destroys no man's property, nor does communion of saints make a community of goods, otherwise from this community. Onesimus, or St. Paul for him, might have pleaded an immunity from both restriction and punishment. St. Paul acknowledges, not denies the debt, but observes, Father, he takes it upon himself. Put it on my account. I will repay it. It is not then unlawful in itself for one person to become bond and surety for another. Yes, it is a work of mercy, which not only may be done, but sometimes must be done, but always with due caution and consideration. Observe 3. The wonderful modesty of the apostle in mentioning his own praises and commendations. I say not that you owe to me even your own self, implying what great things he had done for Philemon in his conversion, so great as made Philemon a debtor, not only of his own goods, but of himself too. However, the apostle only glances at it modestly, and that upon a just and great occasion too, I do not say, though I might have said it, that you owe to me even your own self besides. From Expository Notes with Practical Observations on the New Testament by William Burkett. The commentary passage states several things that have not been lost to time. However, people may well have lost these concepts themselves as time has gone on. So many people have lost the habit of passing down such points of knowledge. This is one of many products of the fallen world we all live in today. This is unchanged throughout history. Noting further from commentary, Religion destroys no man's property, nor does communion of saints make a community of goods, otherwise from this community. Onesimus, or St. Paul for him, might have pleaded an immunity from both restitution and punishment. St. Paul acknowledges, not denies, the debt, but observes farther. He takes it upon himself. Put it on my account. I will repay it. It is not then unlawful in itself for one person to become bond and surety for another. Yes, it is a work of mercy, which not only may be done, but sometimes must be done, but always with due caution and consideration. We should specifically note this portion of commentary since it applies to us today more so because of how elevated we have made this subject. St. Paul acknowledges, not denies the debt, but observed farther, he takes it upon himself. 
put it on my account, I will repay it. As a leader in any spiritual community, have you ever done what Paul has done with someone? I am sure that thought greatly causes caution, hesitation, and even creates a reason to walk away. This form of human caution is not to be disregarded. We know this because this commentary passage also told us, It is not then unlawful in itself for one person to become bond and surety for another. Yes, it is a work of mercy, which not only may be done, but sometimes must be done, but always with due caution and consideration. In other words, this is not something to rush into. One must exercise always due caution and consideration. This means there are times when such a cause as outlined here in Scripture and commentary should not be entered into. The reason being is that on a good day, it is enough of a risk for the one taking on the debt of someone else to repay it. This can cause much trouble, as it can potentially solve. So we are cautioned to always use due caution and consideration of what we may enter into working out money problems involving others. If you receive any counsel on such a subject of same or similar issue, listen to it. Be sure it is true counsel and not someone trying to dissuade you from doing God's work in a particular situation. However, be sure of the person who is giving you counsel in any situation that requires counsel. Be wise as well with the situation. See someone seeking to take advantage of you. You should not be responsible for any debt you do not owe unless you are clearly led of God to do such a thing as to take on someone else's debt. Lastly, notice verse 20 in context. Therefore, if you regard me as a partner, accept him as you would me. Now, if he has defrauded you of anything or owes you anything, charge what he owes to me. I, Paul, have written this letter with my own hand. I will repay it. I could also mention that you owe me your very self. Yes, brother, let me have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Again, notice verse 20. Yes, brother, let me have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. This seems disconnected from what Paul says in the three previous verses. Let us see what is going on here. Observe 1. A pathetic repetition of our apostles' former petition with the force and strength of a fresh and additional argument. Thus, O oh, my brother, that which revives me in a prison, 
and refreshes my very deep insides. Now I am in bonds, that assuredly you ought to do. By thy remitting and receiving Onesimus will thus refresh me. Therefore, do it. Learn, then, that whatever Christians know will rejoice the hearts and revive the spirits of one another, ought in mutual condescension and kindness to be performed towards each other upon their mutual requests. How unnatural it is for one member to vex and grieve another, as unbecoming is it in the body spiritual as it is in the body natural. Brother, let me have joy in the Lord. Refresh my very deep insides in the Lord. Observe, too, our Apostle's holy confidence in Philemon's obedience and compliance, having confidence in your obedience. I know you will do more than I say. See here what credit and honor, conscience, and obedience puts upon a man. Philemon's good conscience occasioned St. Paul's confidence. It is a special honor when the general course of a man's life is so steady, so uniform, and even that either our ministers or pious friends dare to be confident in us, vouch for us, and engage for our obedience and compliance with whatever becomes us. Observe 3. St. Paul, having finished his request for Onesimus, speaks one word for himself, namely, that a lodging might be prepared for him, hoping, it seems, for a deliverance out of prison by the help of the church's prayers. Prepare me a lodging. Religion is no enemy to hospitality. No, it requires it and encourages it. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 2. It is a duty incumbent upon all, but especially ministers. But an unkind world takes care that some have scarce bread sufficient for their families, much less have an ability for hospitality, or indeed for those necessary acts of charity which are required by God and expected by man to render their labors among their people both acceptable and successful. The ministers of God, when they ask bread of some, they give them a stone, and when they demand their dues for others, they sting like a scorpion. But, blessed be God, it is not thus universally. Note lastly, what it was St. Paul grounded his expectation of deliverance upon, namely, the help and benefit of the church's prayers. I trust through your prayers I shall be given unto you. Learn that our deliverance from trouble is to be expected and sought by the means of the prayers of such as fear God. Yet, mark, though prayer obtains much, yet it merits nothing at God's hand. I trust through your prayers I shall be given, that is, freely given unto you, though we 
obtain blessings by prayer, yet not for the merit of our prayers. If mercy were due to us, thankfulness were not due to God. From Expository Notes with Practical Observations on the New Testament by William Burkett. We should note the quoted verse in commentary, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2. It reads, Do not neglect hospitality, because through it some have entertained angels without knowing it. Of this verse we learn further. The second duty here exhorted to is hospitality, especially towards strangers which consisted in receiving them with their houses and furnishing them with all needful accommodations. In those eastern countries' inns were not so ready as with us, and Christians were generally poor, not able to bear their own charges in their traveling from place to place. Strangers, even among heathens, were accounted sacred, and under the peculiar protection of God. And a punishment was appointed for those that were inhospitable towards them. Hospitality is a prescribed duty, but this part of it, to wit, the entertaining of strangers, which was so great a virtue in ancient times, is now driven out of the world by the wickedness of some and the covetousness of others. Few strangers are worthy to receive entertainment, and as few have hearts to give it. From Expository Notes with Practical Observations on the New Testament by William Burkett. There are three things we need to note here. 1. The second duty here exhorted to is hospitality. 2. Hospitality is a prescribed duty. 3. It is now driven out of the world by the wickedness of some and the covetousness of others. Few strangers are worthy to receive entertainment, and as few have hearts to give it. Notice further. Matthew chapter 24, verse 12. I will read the short context for thought clarity in verses 10 through 13. Then many will be led into sin, and they will betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many. And because lawlessness will increase so much, the love of many will grow cold but the person who endures to the end will be saved. We noted that hospitality is a duty, yet it is also commented that it is now driven out of the world by the wickedness of some and the covetousness of others. Few strangers are worthy to receive entertainment, and as few have hearts to give it. Matthew 24, verse 12, also says, Because lawlessness will increase so much, the love of many will grow cold. While speaking differently and to a different audience, it is noteworthy for us 
to notice just how similar these events are. Yet, hospitality is a prescribed duty of us all as men and women of God. However, we can also note the entertaining of strangers, which was so great a virtue in ancient times, is now driven out of the world by the wickedness of some and the covetousness of others. Few strangers are worthy to receive entertainment, and as few have hearts to give it, or their hearts have grown cold. So, how do we manage extending hospitality in today's world? After all, hospitality is a prescribed duty. Yet, it is still clear that we are not to foolishly extend hospitality when it could cause us injury. How can one manage this sort of thing today? Next week, we will review our examination of Philemon. We will look closer at several aspects of this series to glean greater understanding and clarity. Join us next week for our next episode titled The Book of Philemon in Review. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. God bless you all. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome, and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners and new listeners. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. Thank you all so much. God bless you all. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled Introduction About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. If you go to our internet homepage, under the podcast menu item, you can find many popular podcast platforms we are found on. We are located at this internet address, unchurched.site123.me. At present, we are located on a growing number of podcast sites. So you should be able to find us on a platform you like. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. 
now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and by grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good thing you do or say. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.